Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey, it's Melvin. Before we jump into today's podcast session, just wanted to take a moment to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to listen to this podcast and taking the time out of your day to listen You know, when I launched this podcast back in 2015, it was done with a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty, and I just never realized the impact that it would have on so many, and uh, for that, I'm just so humbled and so grateful. If you do find the podcast helpful, if you could do a small favor for me, which is to subscribe to the Selling the Couch podcast, the best way to do that is to go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash listen and subscribe on your favorite channel and on your favorite device. Practically, this allows the podcast to be able to reach more people uh, for us to increase our download numbers, which also helps us to land bigger guests so that we can serve you through these guest interviews. Have a wonderful day, and I hope that you enjoy today's session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 284 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you are doing awesome and uh, having a great day. So I'm actually recording this in the end of June. These months are just all like mixed up still, but uh, recording this at the end of June and we're right in the middle of a heat wave. And uh, I just got done with this podcast interview with Rebecca, who I'll introduce you to here briefly, but it was like blazing hot in my room. So I had told Rebecca that, hey, like I'm I'm sweating like crazy because <laughs> I don't want to turn the fan on because I don't want to mess up something with, you know, like the, the podcast mic, pick up some background noise, podcaster uh, stories, hashtag podcaster stories, I guess. But um, I hope you're doing well. Today's uh, podcast session is a topic that I have done a solo episode on, uh, my own struggle with with mental health and entrepreneurship. But I thought it would be interesting to do an interview on this topic. So the topic is depression and private practice building. And my guest is Rebecca Shackney. Rebecca is a licensed clinical social worker. Her website is at RebeccaShackney.com. And Rebecca... As you'll hear in this interview, Rebecca has struggled with depression for most of her life. It's something that that runs on both sides of her family. And Rebecca is here to guide us and, and share with us some of the things that she's learned along the way. As she has built a successful practice, she runs 
as of this recording, five different DBT groups. And building this really successful practice while struggling with depression and sort of how to manage that and that that dance between managing those two things of entrepreneurship and mental health. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Before we do get to today's podcast session, just wanted to take a moment to invite you to be a part of online course school. So this is my second course, and it's actually not like a traditional course, like a digital course. It's actually a live cohort-based course. And the basic idea is that I know that many of us want to launch a successful online course, but a number of things usually stops us, whether it's the technology or just the fear or just feeling like, oh, I don't have the best idea. And it would just be really helpful to be with others who would be affirming and can give me feedback so that I can make my online course the best that it is. If any of that sounds interesting to you, I wanted to encourage you to be a part of online course school. You can do that by downloading the free A to Z online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And uh, this year we're going to be doing some, actually this year and next year, we're going to be doing some uh, early adopter or beta versions of online course school. And uh, for me, it's really important to build this really intentionally and slow. So we'll be having just a small group of folks going through it. Each week, I'll basically be teaching for a span of six weeks. Or actually, uh, I was initially thinking six, but I think somewhere, it may be between six and eight weeks. And uh, each week we'll have some time for teaching and then just some time where we can actually work so that by the end of our time together, you have a course outline, you have a really good idea of the gear and software you want to use, you have your sales page outlined and ready to go. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Rebecca Shackney from RebeccaShackney.com. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thanks so much for having me, Melvin. Uh, I'm grateful for one, our friendship over, gosh, it's, I guess it's more than one year now. Yeah. Five, right? I just celebrated one year. Yeah. That is, that's true. It's crazy. And then I second, I'm just so grateful to have this conversation, particularly on this, uh, on this topic. Um, I've shared on STC, my own struggle with depression and anxiety. And I feel like for so many of us in the helping and healing professions, I feel like there are many of us that do struggle with this while trying to build these businesses. And I'm just grateful just to have an open and honest conversation today. Me too. Me too. I was trying to think about like even where to jump into this topic. And, and the question I kept thinking about, you know, for some of us, depression can be genetic. For others, it can be like circumstantial based on some sort of stressor, anything like that. As you're comfortable, uh, take us inside what was happening for you with regard to, you know, building the business and then going through the depression? So I've been depressed or I, I, ha I was diagnosed with depression in college. 
And I think I struggled, you know, throughout high school without really even knowing it for, you know, so it really was a part of me. And for me, it's genetic. It's I have it on both sides of the family. And so, but there's, you know, part of being depressed is the lies that depression tells you. So there's the, you know, you, you don't deserve, you shouldn't have, you should feel guilty, you should be ashamed. And all of that really solidified in my mind before I was ever diagnosed and was treated. So, you know, I got treatment, I, I took antidepressants and did all of that and moved through college and graduate school um, with some struggles and some relapses. And then, you know, I, I became a mom and, you know, the, the depression really came back hard. And I, ha I was, I had a baby and I had postpartum depression. The thing about depression also is you adapt to it. So I was not even aware that I was really struggling. I just thought that it made sense to me that I was the worst mother in the world and that my life was, was, forever changed and I was just always going to be miserable. Ultimately, I did get some help for the postpartum depression and and I, I recovered and started, you know, I, I went back to work with a baby and I realized I could not be a, be a mom and a, and a therapist working full time. So I had to take a step back and figure out what could I do to continue to work and to be a parent, because being a parent was the most important thing to me at the time. I mean, it still is. Anyway, so I thought, well, private practice would be something that I could have control over. And so I started to do, you know, I started to do the things that you should do. I started, mar you know, doing the marketing. There was no, back back then in, in 20, and in, I think 2007, there wasn't you know, selling the couch and all of these Facebook groups and all of this support. So you had to figure it out. And, you know, nobody tells you in social work school how to run a business. We never learn that. So I had to, I really just was flying by the seat of my pants and I found Casey Truffaut's Be a Wealthy Therapist <laughs> website and I ordered her DVDs or CDs, I think, through the mail and listened to them and I did all the things. I made a website and I started a blog and all of those, you know, the things you should do. And I could teach a class on marketing at this point, but it wasn't working. I mean, it was working well enough. I had a few clients. I did okay. But I wasn't reaching the level of success that I really wanted to, to reach. What do you think it was that was not working? Like what, what, was, what was the hindrance, you think? I didn't think I deserved it. I felt like I wasn't good enough. That shame and that guilt that had shaped my brain from the depression was still there. And so I wasn't allowing myself to show up. I had all of these these history of stories in my mind that just told me that that I didn't deserve to do the things I wanted to do with my life. And yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the things I was just thinking about like one of the things I think with depression is there's this like there's this public persona, right, that people see and then there's like this boulder that only you know about that you carry 
right? And that I think is one of the hardest things. I mean, at least for me, this has been the hardest thing because I, I so resonate with what you said about like not feeling good enough. You know, this has honestly been so much of my like therapy work the past couple of years, you know, as STC continues to grow, like grow, right? Like feeling like, I don't know, that I, I really have to battle against this thing that I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it sounds like you had a very sort of similar lie, right? As you said, yes. right? You yeah. don't deserve it. And I was even curious about this and I'm, I'm like, I want to hear from you. So for me, sometimes I think when I look back, I think there was a part of me, one of the ways that got internalized or actually maybe externalized is that I sort of like half did it, mm-hmm. right? Yes, so, yes. Like just so that it was like, I was doing the thing, but not really. And again, not something like extreme, but like to a level that I was not fully pushing myself. And I, yeah, I would just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes, yes. I had all of these things that I thought I should be doing. And I would look at other people who were successful. And, you know, I looked at you, people who had written books and things I wanted to do, people with full practices. And I was eaten up with envy. I was paralyzed by envy. And I thought, well, if they've done it, I can't do it. Now they've taken that from me. I can't. It's a story you tell yourself. And, you know, and, and it's in the vein of those depressive stories that need to be undone. And so you have to get underneath that envy. And what is, what, what is the action urge of envy? Why do we have envy? We are hardwired with envy. And that is to motivate us to reach for the stars and to see uh, that person doing the thing that we want to do. And and it's supposed to motivate us to do it. But this envy was so intense and so toxic that it paralyzed me. It crippled you. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I would look at all those people who were doing the things I'd had fleeting ideas to do, and I would be angry and resentful and envious. And I missed the big picture, which was, I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't doing the podcast or writing the blog as much and, or, or writing the book or doing the things that I needed to do to make, to fill the practice. I wasn't doing the work. When you had that realization, like, what was that like? Well, I think it came in bits and pieces for me. You know, it was really easy for me to have halfway do the practice for a very long time. I was a mom. You know, I started out, I had the, the I have a 16-year-old and that, and I also have a 10 and a 7-year-old. So I've been a mom forever, you know, for my entire professional career. And it's been okay for me to just do those things and to be full-time mom, part-time therapist. But then the pandemic hit and you know, my husband is a recording engineer and the entertainment industry shut down. And so we lost his income. And all we had was my little part-time income. And I needed to step it up. I needed to do something. It was unfathomable to me that I would make enough money to support our family. Unfathomable. And yet it needed to happen. I needed to figure out how to make that happen. We needed to figure out how to make that happen. But when that happened, and, and not to cut you off, but like, I feel like one of the things with depression could be like, well, Rebecca, like, 
I mean, you're not going to do that. So why even effort, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you not listen to that voice? And because I, I sense the energy of when you just said it, right? Like there was such a, just a wonderful like energy to it. Like this was what you were going to do. Like yeah. no matter what, like how did you find that energy and how did you channel that? I spent a lot of time in that other head that, oh my God, what are we going to do? Because I knew I couldn't do it. I wasn't capable. I was not capable, right? So I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time talking to my therapist about it. And she finally said, why can't you do it? And I think she probably said it a lot of times. And I didn't listen until the very end, until like about a year ago. And so I was like, oh, what, how could, maybe I could, I don't know. And together, David and I figured out how to make that work. So what did you guys do? Like, how did you... So we, well, first of all, we, we started a podcast and I, I, the thing is, you know, the pandemic hit, everything shut down and David had just built a, a recording studio in our basement, a beautiful oh recording God. studio. Perfect studio set up here. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And we'd already always played around. I'd wanted to do a podcast for a long time. I started a blog very fleetingly, as I said, in 2007 called a therapist takes her own advice. And I always thought, oh, I want to do that as a podcast. And so a year ago, we did it. We just started doing it. We we didn't plan like everything you recommend people doing. We did not do those things. So, but that's okay. And we hit it hard. And I think we, in the first, we, we've got about 25 episodes and we really hit it hard from June until like September. And then school started and we were virtually schooling three people and things kind of had to pause for a moment. Right. Like life. Yeah. Yeah. There was too many other things happening. Right. 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 So along with that, I mean, I still was not sure how we were going to make this all work. But when I was doing the podcast, I interviewed a woman named Jalisha Gatling and she started talking about how she changed her money mindset, how she went from this kind of depressive mind, I don't deserve, I'll take whatever you can afford to pay me type thing, to showing up and saying, I'm worth it. Mm. And I was like, I don't know how she did that, but I want that. Mm. And when she, of course, she said that, and I'm thinking she's half my age, or she's in her 30s or whatever, and I start judging, you know, the depressive thoughts start to come in. I, I've been doing this for 20 years. I should have already had that re- realization. I, it's too late for me. I shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. And still, I, I googled the thing that she did, and I did it. I signed up that day mm-hmm. back in September. So it was um, Tiffany McLean's Lean In Make Bank. Um, I signed up for her workshop. Awesome. Yeah. Tiffany's definitely a friend of the podcast and I know yeah. such wonderful work for our profession. Yeah. It's, I mean, what a beautiful thing for you to like hear that voice of fear, doubt, right? That familiar voice, right? And yet say, you know what? Like, I'm actually going to take a step back and listen to like my heart or whatever, like whatever is beyond that voice, mm-hmm. right? And then dictate my action and Instead of just automatically like hearing that initial voice and being like, okay, that sounds right and accurate, you know? 
<laughs> Which is what, what I had been doing for so many years. That's right. That's accurate. I'm just going to stop there. I'm going to stay stuck. And I think so many people do that. So many of us do that. So many therapists. I mean, I mean we, we see it. I mean, and, and to be honest, like even for me, this is, and I definitely don't feel like I'm there yet. But like, even I, I think with STC, like so much of how I think about money and my own worth like, and maybe part of it is like naturally business ownership changes you, but yeah, it's like, it's changed so much because I felt like when I first started, it was, I think this is very similar for you. You felt like as a, as a therapist, there was like one, you couldn't charge like what you wanted to charge, right? Because there was something like, there's like this weird self-sacrificing thing around it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then, and then I think, but then what I came to realize is like, I was getting like more depressed and I like my creative energy was getting zapped. Like I was not showing up how I wanted in the world, you know? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I would love to, yeah. I mean, just kind of hear, hear your thoughts and like, I'm curious, like if, even if you went through a process like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so trying to work on the money mindset was hard because you feel like you don't deserve and how do you change that? But it, dives deep and it really challenges you. And as I said before, I had to do it. So even though it felt impossible, you know, it felt like a mountain I was never going to be able to climb. I just slowly moved through it. it. Mm. And I, so in doing that, I started to basically apply the model of therapy that I do to myself. I started to DBT myself. (laughs) So when I had fear, I would look at what is it I'm afraid of? What am I afraid of? And is it actually dangerous? And if it's not actually dangerous, how can I act opposite and lean into it and do what I needed to do to get through it? And I did. Amazing. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, like, so you you described it as a mountain that you had to climb. Mm-hmm. What is it like on the other side of the mountain? Weird and scary and really awesome. Really, really awesome. I I feel like, you know, the thing about being on the other side is you know that you have so many things to offer, but you don't know how to get it to the people you want to give it to. You don't know how to serve the people you want to serve. And here on this other side of the mountain, I feel like I can show up and serve people in a way that I want to with my life. I mean, I, I have, I'm now running five DBT groups. Um, my practice is more than full. <laughs> We're starting a YouTube channel to offer DBT skills and, parent, and parenting skills to people because there's so many people in need right now, so many. And we can't possibly serve as many people as we want to. But so I'm, I'm charging what I need to charge. I'm sliding where I feel like I can slide. And I'm serving the way that I want to serve. So it's it's been amazing. You know, the one thing that I hear in all of this is like, you are owning like your life, right? Like the uniqueness of your life, like being a parent of three, like your circumstances, all of these things, right? Like versus saying, okay, here's what I'm going through. And let me look at somebody else. And why do they have it put together? And why do I not, right? Like, it's sort of, this sense of like acceptance that your situation's unique, all of ours are right, and and all of our situations are chaotic and 
all of those different things, right? And maybe it's not always like that uh, highlight reel we see on social media. No, it's not. So one of the tenets of DBT is you may not have caused your problems, but you have to fix them. And Mm. that gets you out of that victimhood, that why do they get to do these things and I don't get to do them? It's, it turns it into, how can I make my life a life worth living? How can I make my life look like I want it yeah. to look? Yeah, there's something um, like active and purposeful yes. in it, right? You, you take control. But the first, before you can get to that point, you have to do what you said, the acceptance. You have to say, here's where we are. Here we are. We're right here. And you can't, until you accept the situation as it is, you can't move through and change it. Yeah. A good way, such a good way of putting it. I wanted to wrap up with the a final question. So you've shared definitely some other some things that have just been really helpful for you. Uh, what would you say is like like one other like major thing that's like really helped you sort of manage the depression while building a successful business? Well, I think so. One of the big things I recently did was I pay. I started paying for the supervision that I deserved, that I wanted to have. I looked at the professional I wanted to be, somebody I wanted to emulate. And I said, I can't afford her, but I have to afford her. And allowing myself to take care of myself that way, it has allowed me to be a better therapist. It has grown my business because you you meet this person, you meet her networks, you learn from her. And it just has been, it's, it's, it's absolutely the number one thing that I, I would recommend to any therapist in private practice. Pay for the, the supervision you deserve. Yeah, because it's, it's, what I hear is it's not just about the supervision. It's about the seeing that person as like a couple of chapters ahead of where you eventually want to be. Yes, yeah. Uh, Rebecca, I can't believe our time flew by. I really am just so grateful for you. Um, Grateful for our friendship. Where can we learn more about you and uh, some of the awesome stuff that you're doing in the world? So, and I'm grateful for you too, Melvin. My website is RebeccaShackney.com. And I have a podcast called A Therapist Takes Her Own Advice. And very soon we will be spinning off A Therapist Takes Her Own Advice to a YouTube channel for some videos. So I will keep you posted. Sounds great. Um, Have a great rest of your day. And thank you again for doing this. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rebecca. And especially if you are someone that struggles with mental health concerns like I do, and uh, you're building a a beautiful practice. I hope that today's session has just been empowering and encouraging for you. I love, I loved this conversation because it was just, it was so real. You know, I think a lot of times it's so easy, especially I, I think among therapists in private practice, it's very easy to do that sort of comparison and how Rebecca articulated it, how quickly that comparison can turn to envy. And it's honestly something even I've struggled with and it's taken like a lot of work and I'm human, so I'm not perfect with it at all. But I I can genuinely say, you know, like, and, and I think it's the combo of 
doing therapy, doing brain spotting, doing my own work, um, and just working and like really diving deep into my own trauma and all of these different things. I think I've realized that doing that kind of work and doing that work, even though it is hard, one, I want to do it because I want to minimally pass on things to our daughter. And then two, I feel like I deserve it. You know, I deserve to heal. And, you know, for with STC and I, and I think for all of us, right, these things that these businesses that we create, they're not just about creating a business and creating revenue, right? We really want to make an impact in the lives of people. And I, and I was just so encouraged by this conversation because it was a reminder to me of how important that that work and doing our own work is. Rebecca's website is over again at rebeccashackney.com. As we wrap up, again, just wanted to take a moment to invite you to be a part of Online Course School. If you have imagined creating an online course for a really long time, but would love just have accountability and to be able to do it live. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of times with digital courses, right, we purchase the course and we kind of like DIY it and go to our own different pace. And the reality is, you know, I've, I'm guilty of this too, right? We buy a course and we may only get through like 25% of it or 50% of it and don't quite complete the whole thing. And so online course school is a little bit different. One, I just thought, you know what? I, I know so many of us want to create an online course and why not just do this live, you know, and do it with a group of other therapists, therapists-turned-coaches and consultants. So folks that are in our field are, or, and that are familiar with our field. And why don't we just do this together? So what we're doing is over the course of eight weeks, and I'm, I'm like holding that position loosely because I imagine as we iterate this, it's going to change and all these things. But what I'm sort of envisioning is two gatherings you know, the first one would generally would, in each of these gatherings would incorporate some level of teaching and some level of work time, two gatherings per week over the course of eight weeks. And so essentially by the end of the week, so we'll, um, by the end of the time together, you will have validated your course, i.e. you'll have a really good, strong indication that even before you create your course, that this is something that people could actually buy. And then We'll actually work on actually creating the sales page for yours, for your online course. We'll work on creating all of the individual modules and lessons. I've got a, some pretty cool technology that we can actually do, and we'll actually just work on this stuff together. And then we'll work on things like pricing and, and scaling your online course. So beyond just the digital version of the course, just to give you like different ideas in terms of how to actually generate income beyond just that physical digital version. If any of that sounds really interesting and you're in a season where this makes sense, this is specifically geared for us that are a little bit further along in the business journey. So at least three to five years in, uh, the main reason is because creating an online course requires time and it requires some finances, right? So for example, you need some sort of course platform, right? And so if you're early on in the business journey where you're still at that revenue generation phase, then it, then I just don't want you to get overwhelmed and feel like, oh my gosh, this is a waste of time. So that's why it's uh, a more for folks that are a little bit further along. But if that sounds interesting, I encourage you to download the A to Z online course guide. 
over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And then once you download it, you'll get an email with a little questionnaire to fill out. And then we can kind of go from there. Again, uh, as I shared at the beginning, one of my most important things with online course goal is to do this, is to build this like slow and intentionally. And I imagine each cohort kind of being pretty small, just because I, if that way I can work more one-on-one with you guys. And we, Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Build these like authentic connections and and like a genuine sense of support. Have a great rest of your day and uh, I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. Hey there, I hope that you enjoyed today's session. Uh, thank you again for taking the time to listen all the way through. If you are a therapist and you're specifically in a season where you're a seasoned therapist and you are wanting to move from clinical to online course income, we actually have a specific mastermind for therapists who are doing this. So this is basically a group of really kind and supportive therapists who are also wildly successful as business owners. We meet together to build and grow and scale our online courses. You can learn more about that mastermind over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. All one word, sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's session.